Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. You're listening to the Wes and Walker Show. I remember one recruiting victory that you did get. It's Wes. I know you remember my quarterback, Paul Troth, and he and I came up there to East Carolina for a visit. And Walker. Vance High School, offensive lineman, big kid, eventually <laughs> went to Florida. Do you remember Wes Bryant at Vance High there, Coach? Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNC. If Florida had come along and that young man told me he wanted to come to East Carolina, I probably wouldn't take him because I think he was not very bright. Welcome back, folks. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Kickoff football season on Saturday, September 16th with the Roaring Riots kickoff jam at Noda Brewing Company North End. The kickoff jam will feature Panther legends, including Thomas Davis, Charles Johnson, Stephen Davis, and Mike Tober. That's quite a lineup with live music from bands like Better Than Ezra and Arrested Development. Don't miss your chance to be a part of the biggest Panther fan pep rally on the planet. Saturday, September 16th, head to kickoffjam.com for more details. And now, Fiddy, let's kick it over. And keep going with Team Week for NC State. It's the sound you've waited months to hear. It's caused some of your greatest triumphs. NC State rides on the strength of the pack. And your biggest heartbreaks. And he missed it. NC State wins. What a game. It's the option at Georgia Tech. It's Howard's Rock. The Smoke in Miami. And every Saturday, you tap that sign. The wait is over. College football is here. Folks, we're talking about the NC State Wolfpack. You are immersed in team week as we get you ready for the college football season, going through all of the local teams, giving you the rundown so that you are ready to go from opening kickoff. And so now we talk about the defense of the Wolfpack. And, folks, it is one of the best in college football and the ACC when you're talking about a unit last season. That was second in total defense, second in scoring defense, second in rushing defense, first in pass efficiency defense. They were fourth in turnover margin, second in third down defense, second in opponents first down. So this was a really good unit. Where did they lack last season? They were 10th in sacks, 10th in red zone defense, and last in fumble recoveries. And they only had eight interceptions. That was good for 12th. And the ACC, they lost seven starters off of that defense, especially two of those big-time linebackers in Isaiah Moore and Drake Thomas. Those two guys were absolute dogs. They have four starters returning under defensive coordinator Tony Gibson. This guy was a nominee for the 2021 and 2022 Broyles Award given to the nation's top assistant coach, the Wolfpack were in the top 20 in the FBS in seven different team categories in 2022. 
and they held every opponent to 30 points or less for the first time since 1980. And the only Wolfpack was the uh, and the Wolfpack was the only Power Five team to accomplish that feat in 2022. So you're talking about a unit that was outstanding last year. Could have used a little bit more help from the offense. But all in all, this was a stout, stout unit for Coach Gibson. Peyton Wilson returns to this defense. Aiden White returns for this defense this year as well. And they are two of the ACC's best. Walker, what do you see when you take a look at this Wolfpack defense? A flipping strengths. Usually it's the rushing defense that is so stout. That's what they've been the last couple of seasons. Not, that's not to say that they won't be stout again this year. They're just going to have to do it in a different way because the defensive line lost some prospects that are either trying out for NFL rosters or just flat out got drafted to the point where you feel good about making an NFL roster. You can see what they did, only allowing 100.7 rushing yards per game last year and 327 total yards per game last year. That ranked in the top two in the ACC and top 20 in the country. So now when you're trying to have a couple of young Defensive linemen step up into their new role. Peyton Wilson is going to help a lot with those linebackers in the second level. Most certain. But you have second, you have some upcoming linebackers that are a little bit young that Tony Gibson is going to have to develop too. On the back end, though, you probably have the best cornerback tandem in the ACC this year, led by Aiden White, who was an all ACC member last year. Felt like he got. Uh, robbed by not getting preseason All-ACC this season, even though he very well could finish with a second All-ACC award after the season is over and done with. So the passing game, while usually viewed as the weakest link, that's going to be pretty tough to throw in the secondary with a great cornerback tandem. And now you're just waiting for the defensive line prospects, some of the younger linebackers to step up. I think the defensive line is going to be the X factor this year here, Wes, because if Peyton Wilson is going to hold everything down in the middle portion of the field, somebody that could have gone to the NFL, but decided to come back. He's been a part of the six-year program, okay? Six years with NC State. I feel good about that guy leading a young group. To me, it's all about the defensive line. They'll welcome one senior defensive end with Savion Jackson. He's coming back from a knee injury, but Davin Van, four and a half sacks last year. Can he improve upon his total after what he did against North Carolina, where he had a pretty nice showing at the end of the regular season? Defensive line is my X factor, Wes. Is that fair for me to say? Uh, Yeah, definitely, because this is a unit, as I talked about earlier, that wasn't adept at getting to the quarterback. They were 10th in sacks, only getting about 2.2 per game. So they would make the game ugly with the defense, and they like to pressure you, especially when you go into some of those empty sets. They like to bring the house on you, but didn't get home on the quarterback quite enough. And so I think they'll want to improve that. Of course, the defensive line is going to be a vital part of making that happen and so you hear coming out of Raleigh uh, because I've, I've done you know research and watch things and seen things they're talking about how this defense is faster and that is better but I find that hard to believe when you lose seven guys especially two linebackers as good as Isaiah Moore and Drake Thomas Drake Thomas I would say was probably one of my favorite defensive players in the ACC last year and this guy was a tackle for loss machine he lived in people's backfield this guy was a big time player and so when you have a unit that was as sterling as they were in so many different categories, I just find it hard to believe that they're going to be that much better after losing so much. And so that's the thing that a lot of state fans have talked about. It's like, hey, can this defense just continue to be as good as they've been and then the offense finally catch up? But the thing that we 
broached yesterday was with Brennan Armstrong and the crew. If they do start to light up the scoreboard, and it looks like that Virginia offense from a couple of seasons ago with Armstrong and uh, offensive coordinator uh, Coach Anai, can this defense be able to maintain these numbers? Because with the pace that these teams play at now, and as quick as teams can score, that definitely takes a toll on your defense, no matter how good they are, when they up those reps. Those legs get a little bit tired. They can get pushed around uh, just a little bit more. So that's going to be an interesting thing to watch with only four starters returning, a lot of new and a lot of inexperience also going to be out there on that defense. But what I like is that you have key returners at all three levels, though. So, you're yes, you have quite a lot of people leaving this program because they're going to the NFL and it's their time to leave this program, right? But once you have some of these starters coming back and you divide them up into three different levels, that's what I feel good about. Right. You have great corners. The, the passing, I'm not worried at all about their passing defense. Even Harris, their strong safety, he had a couple of interceptions last year. Okay, so you have one safety that might need to step up, but three of the four you feel good about? Mm-hmm. Three of the four on the back end? Yeah, what am I supposed to be worried about, right? Like, I'm good with the secondary. Peyton Wilson leading these young linebackers. That's, a, is, that's the exact leader that you want in the middle portion of your defense, so that's why I continue to point to the defensive line. Here you are talking about the balance between the defense and the offense, and NC State only lost four games in the past two seasons when the offense has scored at least 20 points or more. In 2023, the defense, again, it looks to be the strongest unit compared to the offense. We'll see exactly what Robert and I and Brandon Armstrong can do with that still being the main storyline. So I believe in Tony Gibson. If this is someone that is viewed as the top assistant, one of the top assistants in the ACC in all of college football, and Tony Gibson has done a great job at developing defensive linemen and stopping the run, and now you have a really stout passing defense, especially with what you have in the secondary, yeah, this is exactly what I would want to be new if you're going to lose some guys because I believe that Gibson can develop some of these younger players that are stepping up and roll this year. I, I think their defense is still going to be top-notch. Yeah, and, and the interesting part is, again, like you do with NFL schedules, you look at how many big-time quarterbacks are you going to go against. And early on, as I talked about, UConn is a program that's on the come-up, but you've got Sam Hartman on that schedule early in the season. But then you hit that stretch late where you are going to see Riley Leonard. We'll see how Cade Klubnick is looking then, but let's just assume that he's playing good football. So you got to go from Riley Leonard to Cade Klubnick to Tyler Van Dyke, who looks to be back, to Mitch Griffiths, who I think is going to be big time as well. Virginia Tech, we'll see what their quarterback position uh, holds for them. And then you finish the season with Drake May, uh, as always, with that North Carolina-North Carolina State rivalry. So this defense from October 14th going forward, and Marshall doesn't have a slouch at quarterback uh, either. So pretty much you're talking about just October 14th as far as ACC play goes until the end of the season. They're going to be facing a pretty adequate quarterback from then on out. So that's going to be uh, very interesting. And when you just look at the success that they have had under Coach Gibson since he's been there since 2020, they've ranked nationally at least in some type of category. And you're talking top 30 in a lot of different categories since he's been there. 2022 uh, was a banner year, but in 2021, this defense was really good as well. When you talk about third down conversion defense, they were top 10. First downs allowed, they were top 10. 
pass efficiency defense, they were top 10 in all of the country. And in 2020, they were top 20 in tackles for loss, and they were top 30 in interceptions. So Tony Gibson knows his way around the defense. I'm sure with all these new parts, he's excited and he's ready to get these guys on the field so he can post yet another rock-solid defense in Raleigh. All right, let me ask you a question before we get out of here. Regarding those last six games that you discussed, Duke, Mm -hmm. Clemson, Miami, Wake Forest, Virginia Tech, North Carolina. That will be the last six games of the regular season. We talked about how it's a little bit of an easy schedule in the first six games. you Mm got to get off to a good start. I think five and one... I don't want to be dramatic here, but five and one, you probably expect to do that, right? In the first six games, you probably four and two is the very worst that you should finish at in the first six games. Regardless, it gets tougher on the back half. My question to you is, okay, you're totally right about the QBs. Riley Leonard, Klubnik, Van Dyke, Mitch Griffiths, I completely agree with you about. I think Griffiths is going to be good this year. And of course, Drake May, Virginia Tech, the only one that you feel real comfortable with. But what about the run games? So if you have a good secondary... That's exactly what you want against these QBs in the last six games. Yeah. So Duke, very good run game, especially with Riley Leonard being a dual threat QB. Kate Klubnick's not. Van Dyke is more of a pocket yeah, guy. Yeah, but they got Shipley. Yeah, for, Maffa. Oh no, for sure. But yeah. so so what I'm saying is with Duke and Clemson, those are probably the running games that I'm okay. looking at first and foremost. But then when you start to look at some of these other schools, like maybe on the back end, you hold these quarterbacks in check more than they're used to because mm-hmm. you have a great cornerback tandem. And then you can sell a little more on stopping the run. And now that's the only part of the game they have is the passing. And you actually have two cornerbacks that can help you out. That's why even with the tough schedule, no doubt about it, no doubt about it. The QBs, those are the types of QBs that can overcome a really strong secondary. But NC State's defense to me is built to where they can limit some of these better QBs and better than other defenses can in this league. Yeah, they like to make the game ugly. That is the well, especially NC State Wilson way. in coverage too, yeah. like being a quarterback of the defense. I I just think even with some of their weaknesses that they have, they're going to be able to overcome some of that stuff even with a tough back end schedule. Yeah, and and coach Gibson, man, he's the type of guy that if you watched him on the ACC Network's coverage and he went into the film room and he can definitely cook up some blitzes. He had some stuff on there that even I was sitting there, I was like, whoa, that would be hard to deal with. So we'll see uh, how they do in 2023. But that was team week. That was the NC State defense. When we come back, we're going to talk more Panthers, more hard knock on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Wesson Walker back on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ reminding you about high school football. It's back, baby, and it all gets started Thursday night with the 2023 high school football kickoff. 
The night is powered by Ortho Carolina. Action begins at 515 with Cox Mill facing off against Weddington. You can tune in to WFNZ at 8 p.m. to hear Independence versus Mallard Creek live from Memorial Stadium. Head to cltkickoffweekend.com for tickets and more information. Again, that's cltkickoffweekend.com. We have some Carolina Panthers news coming in. According to Darren Gant of Panthers.com, said the Panthers added to the secondary today to provide some cover to an injury-thinned position. The team added former Mississippi State defensive back Colin Duncan. Duncan was in Rams camp earlier this offseason. Since they have a few cornerbacks, Greg Maven, Mac McCain, with injuries that have kept them out of recent practices, they needed some depth there heading into Friday's game to make room for them. The team placed wide receiver Demir Bird on injured reserve. Demir Bird, of course, suffered a long-term hamstring injury during training camp. So they do have some more help at the cornerback position. If you want to watch Hard Knocks, if you want to look back at how this team performed in preseason game number one, I actually want to start with a question you have here on the top three Panthers under pressure, Wes. Cornerback, I actually thought that position looked pretty good, at least with the first four guys that you had that played in the beginning portion of this game. So if we like what Dante Jackson did, highest graded pro football focus player, I know you had a problem with J.C. Horn missing a tackle, but J.C. didn't get Yeah, I mean, it was just something right. to bring up. Doesn't mean it was a bad performance, right? Yeah. Like, I totally get it, though. Mm-hmm. You, you hope that he's able to clean those tackles up. What three players come to mind for you, if you want to give us one, if you want to give us all three? Who are the players you think um, actually need to perform a lot better and have the most pressure on them? Well, you definitely want to start with the young pass rushers. I think YGM, I think he needs to flash a little bit more the fact that uh, the shine came on from my man, um, Lord, his name escapes me. I'm looking at the depth chart right now. But, um, man, anyway, uh, Amari Barno. There we go. The fact that Amari Barno came through and made a big play like that. I mean, YGM, he needs to play like that or at least a play like that in this next game to to solidify himself or begin to, because you've only got two more opportunities left as far as games are concerned. So I would go to YGM first and foremost. Uh, He needs a Barno-like flash or two in this next game. Yeah, Amari Barno, um, he was somebody that certainly performed well with his sack, beating Makai Becton and then the right guard trying to help him out as well, or left guard, I should say. So YGM is a good one. I'll give you three. I'm going to cop out and give you just a position. We all know what position it is. It's right guard. Uh, Anybody, (laughs) all right? Please stand up. The starting right guard, as your boy Marshall Mathers might say, can the real right guard please stand up? Because we haven't seen him. We didn't see him in preseason game number one. And that is the position we're all fearful of because Austin Corbett is not going to be back in week one. And he's trying to avoid the physically unable to perform list. And so if that's the case, then you're going to be without Austin Corbett at least for the first month of the season. I mean, that would be really disappointing to have the right guard ruin everything as far as an evaluation standpoint for Bryce Young. Hurting you winning football games because at the end of the day, that is what you need to do to quote Matt rule at the end of the day, right? That's the most important thing. So right guard, hopefully Chandler Zavala is the answer. That's what I continue to hold out hope for Wes. Can the guy that we all felt good about them drafting him coming in, starting 
right before Austin Corbett can come back. And then you have some depth you feel good about if Austin Corbett has a little rust and needs to take another break, whatever. I'm holding out a lot of hope for Chandler Savala. And then I'll give you one more before we kick it back to you. Also on the offensive line, man, Icky, dominate this next game. I know it's a tough defensive line. I don't care who's out there. I know we joked about the defensive linemen. Hey, maybe we don't play Dexter Lawrence. Maybe we don't play some of these studs on the DL because we want Bryce Young to be as healthy as possible going into week one. But, man, we got a first-round pick at left tackle. I mean, we got someone we should feel good about. I still feel good about him. I'm not saying it's going to be a bad – he's going to be a bad player by any stretch of the imagination. I think Icky is going to be a very good left tackle. But let's show that in this game. Don't let anybody get by you. I don't care about a speed rush. I don't care about a stunt. I, he's going to start. So if you want to act like pressure means he might not start or might not make the roster, that's not what I'm going to be talking about with Icky. But maybe a little pride pressure. Don't let anybody beat you. Go out there and dominate like the sixth overall pick that you are. Yeah, and so I'm going to stay on the offensive line and go to the other side, Brady Christensen. We saw that he had a lot of trouble during the preseason Well, he's right game. next to Aki Aquino, so That's it is right. the left side. Yes, and so definitely him and uh, during the practices as well, we saw him getting worked in the practices on hard knocks from one Quentin Richardson. I get it. Richardson's one of the best, but he Wait, also gave up a sack in the preseason game. You went Quentin Richardson. You went old school L.A. Clipper, Quentin, Phoenix Sun, Quentin Williams. Yes, I'm sorry. Quentin, Quentin Richardson, Williams. though, that's a great DePaul about the reference. <laughs> we just talked about superpowers being able to pull colleges yeah. from a lot of the players in the NBA. Yes. How about a nice Quentin Richardson DePaul reference? And then I'll him. go back to the defense. Deion Jones. This was a guy that was thought to have lost a step. And so you look at what he's got there. Pro Football Focus has him down for two missed tackles on the afternoon. You don't want to see that from your backup linebacker that you just brought in. He had a defensive grade of 29. So this is a guy that I don't think that the Panthers feel like that they are married to. I feel like if they brought him in, uh, this is a guy that could easily be let go just as much if they're not seeing what they want to see from him, as I said. So the two missed tackles, not a good look on him. And then you talk about Brady Christensen, the performance that he had at the left guard spot. I got another linebacker for you, Brandon Smith. Omari Barno yes. has been one of the most asked about guys on the text line. Brandon Smith, another one of those players. One performed well by getting a sack. One did not by missing a tackle at the end of the second quarter, allowing the Jets to score a touchdown if they were set up on the one-two yard line. If he makes that tackle, then they might get the first down, but you're probably settling for a field goal because you still had 30 yards to get a touchdown at that point. But he ran for 27. Abani Kanda, I believe is how you pronounce his last name, was able to set them yeah, up. Yeah, And Brandon Smith not being able to make that tackle. So with him having a real opportunity at linebacker depth too, it'd be one thing. Here we are talking about Derek Wright yesterday, asking if he can make the roster. We both bring up, that's a tough position to make the roster. Even with Demir Bird going on IR, man, it was already going to be tough for any of those guys. We didn't even have Demir Bird making the roster, right? We had the top five guys and Adam Thielen, LaVisca Chennault, Jonathan Mingo, Terrace Marshall Jr., who, by the way, we don't have a report, I don't believe, on as to if he's going to come back soon or later, how much time he's going to miss, what the injury is. We can continue to look that up. So we all know the guys that are going to be out there, DJ Chark. Then you have Shai Smith then it might be Derek Wright. So even if he's performing well, it's going to be tough. Brandon Smith didn't have that problem coming in. Kamu Gruje-Hill had a great training camp, had four interceptions, 
and then I think actually played pretty well in preseason game number one. I think there might have been missed assignment, missed tackle or whatever, but still flying around to the football. Even if he gave you a bad play, thought there were multiple good plays that he showed you. So that's been consistent. Brandon Smith, second round pick. Everybody loved him last year. Still isn't performing well in practice. You're not hearing a lot about him. You're not seeing him play good football in the preseason game. This is a guy with a different regime, mind you. That brings a lot more pressure. Different regime. A lot of pressure on Brandon Smith. If he can perform well in this next game, that will, I think, go a long way for him to be you know, trying to pull himself back into the good side of the conversation because right now he's nowhere near. No, not at all. You've been hearing about him since OTA started as a guy that was kind of on the bubble and that he can't afford any missteps. So for him as well, you talked about the game that he had, those two missed tackles alongside Deion Jones as well, according to PFF. So he's definitely got to get uh, his house in order as well if he wants a chance at making this roster. All right, so who are some of the players you think have the most pressure in game two of the preseason? 704-570-9610, players with the most pressure. I went with a couple of people on the offensive line. If you want to be technical, I included like four guys trying to fight for that right guard spot because it's a position for me that has a lot of pressure on it. We'll be very thankful if the right guard position performs a lot better in game two. If the offensive line, Wes, doesn't finish as a top half unit that they did last year, and that for the most part we expected them to, if you think Icky is going to grow, which we both do, left tackle means a lot, right tackle, even if you think Taylor Moten's a little overrated, Still comfortable with him at right tackle with some nice guard play. Once Corbett comes back, you get the idea. But if they don't perform on a first half level and instead they're ranked like 20th to even 22nd, what does that mean for Bryce Young, (laughs) Wes? Because we saw it go very poorly against the Jets. How much are you going to have to rely on all that process and we were talking about in the draft? Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that makes you happy that you drafted a guy like this because you know the preparation is going to be on an A-plus level and he's going to need it. Because if you don't have an offensive line that's going to give you the requisite time, this is a guy that's going to need to come up to the line read the defense to a T, which we know that's going to be hard to do each and every snap, and be able to get the football out in a timely fashion. What did the great Tom Brady always do to negate pressure? When he would play the Baltimore Ravens or some of the better pass rushing units in the league, he would get the ball out quickly. Bryce Young is one of those types of quarterbacks where he knows that, hey, I've got to adjust to what's going on in the game, and he's such a preparation freak that he's going to come into the game as prepared as he needs to be. And so this is where it could get a little bit scary because you talk about this receiving core and it not being rated as a uh, a, a touted group, so to speak. A lot of people have panned this wide receiving core. So if you don't have guys that can get open immediately, Bryce Young has to hold the ball for that extra split second. It could get nasty. So that's why you need this offensive line to be one of the better units in the league. And this is with any team, but especially with the Panthers and a rookie quarterback, because there are going to be times during the game with Bryce as young as he is. He's going to get fooled. He's not going to know exactly what the defense is doing when the ball is snapped. That's going to give the defense that extra half second to a second to be able to get back there. So the Panthers can ill afford to have a unit 
in the offensive line that's in the bottom half of the league. It's just not going to work out well. They'll be back at the top of the draft, drafting once again, if that's the case. It's like what Robert Sala said on Hard Knocks in episode two when he was chastising the offensive line. It doesn't matter if you have a Hall of Fame quarterback. It doesn't matter if you have an offensive rookie of the year at wide receiver. It doesn't matter if you have a deep running back room. If the offensive line and the guys up front don't play well or aren't putting in the work, aren't grinding as much as Sala would like them to, then that's a real nice way to completely blow it all up. Yes. Even if you have all this talent, and we maybe don't have a ton of talent at the wide receiver spot, but you have a good running back in Miles Sanders that you dished out a decent amount of money for, and you have a first overall QB that we all feel very good about going forward. The offensive line has to perform. I expect them to bounce back a lot better. I expect them to be a top-half unit in the regular season, but there's no doubt about it. They did not play like that in the preseason game number one. Speaking of Bryce Young, speaking about hard knocks, here's Aaron Rodgers, your boy, Wes, talking to <laughs> Bryce about the respect that Aaron Rodgers has for the first overall pick. What's up, stud? How you doing? Things going well? Good. Bless. Can't complain. Yeah. How you like everything? I love it. It's been amazing. It's crazy when you're in one place forever. I can imagine. I can imagine. I hope that for you. Well, have fun out there, bro. Great to finally meet you, man. Big fan of yours. Same here. Yeah, thanks, bro. The stamp of approval from Aaron Rodgers when he spoke at the podium for Bryce Young. Fiddy is shaking his head. This is about your boy, though. I expected Wes to be shaking his head. Why are you doing so, Fiddy? I just, I just can't imagine hating that guy. <laughs> oh. I mean, here he is. This, this gray-headed veteran shows up. It's hot as hell at Spartanburg and goes out of his way to introduce himself to Bryce Young and hopes he has the same type of long career he had in Carolina that he had in Green Bay. Hopefully, though, the Panthers support Bryce Young better than the Packers supported him in his 18 years with uh, with, with, with Green Bay. Wes, I don't hate Aaron Rodgers like you do. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm the biggest fan, mm -hmm. but I don't hate him like you do. Mm -hmm. I don't know many people that do. I did used to know one, and he was in this room. He's even making me frustrated with how right. he's talking about it. You know what I'm Aaron saying? Rodgers. It's like, ridiculous. It is a 100. I mean, it could not be more of the opposite take. This Clown is someone show. that wanted to join you on the foul line anytime you got blown for a foul, right? Right. Anytime. Fiddy was right there shooting those free throws with you. And now here he is saying, I can't imagine how you hate him when, what was it, three months ago? I mean, maybe a little bit longer than that. You were right there hating Aaron Rodgers. I have to imagine it gets annoying. I mean, just <laughs> character flaw at the highest of orders. It says a lot about it. It makes me not trust yeah. him as much uh, in tight situations. But yes, Josh does not in. need to kiss up every time. That's true. You yeah, don't. Yeah, you don't man. need to do that for Aaron Rodgers. I don't know why you're doing that. I don't that. know if this is the guy I want to be in the foxhole with, you know, the way that he can switch up. Mm -hmm. Turn coat. Joshua. I like K-Town Mafia. Can we start calling him Fitty Flopper or Fitty Flipper? What about Fitty Flopper or Fitty, Fitty Flipper? Flipper? I like Which that one, one do you like better? Fitty Flipper. All right, either one. He said, I remember when he hated Rogers and Lil now he Flip. makes him sound like the second coming. I'm going to call him Lil Flip. <laughs> I like Lil <laughs> I do kind of like yeah. Lil Flip. All right. Flip. Yeah, we can all agree on it. Yeah, Lil Flip. Uh, I like it as well. So the Lil nickname's from you, Lil Country and Lil Flip. Yeah, he needs to play that for the Fitty Flash, not just play the Flip. 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 We'll get that Game rolling. over. I can't wait. All right, yeah. you, you said it. You spoke it into the existence. <laughs> Let's go to the second Fitty Flash of the day. It's all right to be little Fitty. A little hometown or a big old city. Might as well share. Might as well smile. Life goes on for a little 
Fitty. Wow. Brewer Aaron Flip Flop Fitty. Yeah, Flip Flop Fitty is good, too. It all flows, man. The flip, the flop, the fitty to the fitty, and the flip, flip, flop, and you don't stop a flopping. That's going to be a drop that can be in a thank you. You're welcome. I Shout love out you. Sugar Hill Gang. I, I love, love you, too. You. Thank you for that. Um, that so actually was kind of fire. I'm not going to lie. That, that was actually That really was good. better. You've come a long way from spaghetti, spaghetti. <laughs> we got to put it up on the bulletin board. All right, what you got there? Um, some NFC South injury news. Bucks wide receiver Russell Gage is set to miss the entire 2023 season uh, after he suffered a leg injury earlier this morning. And uh, so last night, everyone knows now that the Braves, they beat the Yankees. Why is this important? The Yankees fell to 500. This is the latest in the baseball season. The Yankees have been 500 or worse since 1995, the year before they would start their Ford World Series and five-year run. Is this going to be the time where they sell? Is that ever going to happen? Well, they can't sell now because the deadline's come and gone. Well, I know, but next season, are they going to do it in the offseason, or are they going to still try to make a run at this thing with the roster they have? No, they're not in a position. Like, when you – we've making fun about how the Hornets have signed historically bad contracts. Yeah. They've got – their lineup outside of Judge is full of them. They're going to go after Shohei, but there's really nothing they can do. And because they're the Yankees, they'll never sell and never tank a season. They're kind of just stuck. That was my question, right? Because of mm. who the Yankees are, is there ever a time where that fan base would be okay with selling everybody in order to bottom out and then do the whole Houston Astros thing? I think that organization that probably is the least likely to do so. Let's move on. Let's talk about high school football, shall we? We've been talking about it all day long, telling you about some of the events that are going to be taking place on Thursday night that you can listen to right here on WFNZ. Jeff Taylor going to be talking about Charlotte High School football, local area high school football coming up next. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. We're back, folks. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Hit us up on that text line, 704-570-9610. Hit up those socials, the WFNZ, Twitter, and Instagram. Hit up Westbryant underscore 72, at Walker Mail, at Wesson Walker, and at HTB underscore Josh on Twitter and Instagram as well. And, folks, high school football starts back this weekend. Triple header going down in the Queen City. It doesn't get any better than that. And, folks, to help us bring in the high school football season on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, 
We've got Jeff Taylor, sports director at Bay Hackle Sports. And you can follow him on Twitter at JT Bay Hackle Sports. Jeff, how you doing today? I'm doing great, guys. Y'all ready? Yeah, man, we're definitely ready. I'm always ready for high school football season. So let's get into it. The triple header going down on Saturday, August 19th, Providence Day, taking on Northwestern High School from Rock Hill. That is the marquee matchup, but you always you also get other great ones. Myers Park and Charlotte Christian, West Charlotte versus the Palisades as well. What are the most intriguing games to you out of that bunch? And also add in Duncan Burns versus Huff uh, as well. Those are the three games that are at Memorial Stadium. And, of course, right. Providence Day and Northwestern High will be going down at Bank of America Stadium, the first high school game to be played at Bank of America. Which games out of those are the most intriguing to you? Well, I think you mentioned right off the bat, I think the one, you know, at Bank of America Stadium, the key pounding classic, the first time high school football has been played there. Um, and, you know, you bring in what could be the best team in the state in Providence Day with uh, Jaden Davis and Jordan Ship in that offense, which is just high-powered. I mean, Northwestern's a good team. Uh, we'll see if they can hang. But, uh, you know, I'm curious to see, uh, you know, what type, of, what the crowd's like there. And, um, you know, it'll be rocking up count. So, to me, right off the bat, um, you know, to see Providence Day and Coach, uh, Coach Greer and that team come out of the gate uh, and see what they put on the field. Um, I think they're, they're – I'll make some people up, maybe a little upset. They might be better than the Panthers' offense come week one. <laughs> <laughs> also, also, too, when you talk about the Ortho Carolina high school football kickoff night, that's also happening tomorrow, Thursday, August 17th. You've got Cox Mill taking on Weddington, one of the traditional powers in the state, and the Independence Patriots resurging into the upper echelon of high school football around here, taking on Mallet Creek that has also been a stalwart for the last few seasons. What games do you like out of those two? What do you expect out of those squads as they take aim at one another? Sure, absolutely. Well, Weddington and Coxville, they kick it off at 515 tomorrow. And, you know, that's a, a rematch of a second-round playoff game last year, which Weddington just dominated. Um, but Weddington... You know, 13-2 and two last year, they lose to Grimsley. Uh, you know, they were one point from going to the championship game. I think they lost in the semis uh, by a point. Um, you know, they've lost all five of their starting wide receivers out there. Um, they got 15 total returning starters on both sides of the ball there at Weddington for Coach Cone. Um, Tyler Budge, he's a senior. Um, last year he had to battle for the quarterback spot and won it, so he comes in now with some games under his belt. Um, you know, and last year when he did take over, he threw 34 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. So, Curious to see how that offense is going to go up against, uh, you know, Cox Mill. Um, and, and let me back up. Weddington also has four uh, O linemen returning, so we'll see how that offense clicks. Cox Mill nine and three last year. They got a brand new head coach, um, Breon Holmes. Coach Holmes. He came over from Audrey Kell. He was their offensive coordinator the last two years. Um, they're young on both sides of the ball, um, but they do have a veteran offensive line, and they have a running back by the name of Jeremiah Jones who can take it to the house every single time. So Coxville comes in with a little bit of, uh, you know, wanting some revenge after losing last year in the playoffs to Weddington. Um, Coach Capone has done great things out there. So can't wait to see that. And then, of course, right after that, you mentioned independent, Independence and Mallet Creek. You know, Independence, I, I, you know, I'm high on Coach DJ McFadden and what he's done out there. Third year as a head coach, 11-2 last season, um, you know, two postseason wins. He's done a lot there. Um the junior quarterback, Justin Little, I've watched him at practice and in games. Um, you know, he can move around in the pocket, and, uh, you know, I think he gets confident every time he gets out on the field. So, you know, I can't wait to see that. Mallard Creek, 
you know, a lot, uh, lot to look forward to there. They've got a, a senior wide receiver, a Benjamin Black, three-star wide receiver who committed to Rutgers. Um, so, you know, early on they say defense wins early in the season, but I think these offenses – uh, can certainly put on a show uh, come tomorrow night at a Memorial Stadium. Jeff Taylor, the CW Sporting Director, joining us right now on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Jeff, what's an underrated game taking place this weekend or this week that we're not talking about enough? I'm going to go with actually, um, and I'm going to plug it a little bit if you guys don't mind, our BayHackleSport.com game of the week is Providence and Audrey Kell. Um, those two teams don't like each other. Those two schools don't like each other. And uh, on a personal note, I've had two kids play at Providence. And I can tell you that they um, th- th- <laughs> that game gets a little heated from the get-go. I think from the coin toss it gets heated. So that's a game that's going to be uh, interesting to watch. They started last year, um, you know, they used to be in the same uh, conference and then they switched them up or whatever. But last year, uh, AK kicked off the season, beating Providence 21 to nothing. Um, and Providence comes in as an interesting story. They've got a young man named uh, Jackson Deby, who's their sophomore quarterback. Um, and even after his freshman year last year, only playing six games, he already had four Division One offers. I think the first one he got was from East Carolina. So I'm kind of curious to see uh, how, how Providence plays out there. Um, and AK, 8-3, and three, um, they lost 32 seniors. So I'm interested to see how Coach Yakum pulls that team together. They're very young. I talked to him uh, earlier this week. And, um, of course, he's just fired up to see uh, you know Providence on the other side. Like I said, they don't like each other. So I think that's a game to keep an eye on. Um, because I think both of those schools, as the season progresses and they grow, uh, could make some noise. Jeff, we host a sports show. We got to talk about the Carolina Panthers. We talk about the Charlotte Hornets. We talk about college sports all the time. You have to get to know so many different players and so many different high schools, not only just in the Charlotte area, but even, I guess, within an hour's drive worth of time in the surrounding areas. How... What has that been like for you, having to get to know every single important player, even the subplots of the upcoming high school season? I have to imagine it's a lot to take in. It is, but I am uh, fortunate to have a, a great team uh, here at Bayhackle Sports with uh, John Treach and Kelly Bardick. Uh, you know, Kelly's been around you know the market forever, and then uh, Jack Taylor. And um, you know, we spent the last I think I put it together the other day. We covered 29 schools in 29 days. So we've been out there uh, talking to people and, um, you know, just being being there, being at their practices and bringing back as much information as we can and, and getting that information out to our viewers. And, um, you know, social media, um, getting to know the people in social media. Since we've been out at those schools, um, me following the players and the coaches, they're following us. It's a lot to do, but, um, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to have the team that I do that goes out. And like I said, to hit, what I said, 29 uh, – 29 to 30 teams in 30 days was, was pretty impressive. So um, it, it's tough, but but when you love high school sports, and listen, at the end of the day, you know, I love the Panthers, I love Hornets, I love my NASCAR and stuff like that. You know, to me, high school is still that. Um, there's nothing quite like high school sports, whether it's football or any other sports out there. You guys know just the atmosphere around high school sports is amazing and just uh, uh, so proud to be a part of it. All right, Wes, let's. Well, I was going to say, we should probably end it now because we already have a texter saying, how about the money line on Independence and Mallard Creek? So maybe we get out of here before we get any more questions like that and keep this thing pure. No doubt about it. That was Jeff Taylor of Bay Hackle Sports on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Don't forget to enjoy all of the good high school football this weekend, whether you're talking about high school football kickoff night powered by Ortho Carolina, which features Weddington and Cox Mill. Independence and Mallard Creek is the nightcap or the Bay Hackle Sports game of the week, Providence and R.G. Kill or the triple header at Memorial Stadium or the big game at 
the Bank of America Stadium as well. Jeff, we appreciate you as always, my man. Hey, I appreciate you guys. Thanks for, you know, uh, helping the high school scene grow and appreciate all you guys do. You keep doing the work you do and you guys rock. No doubt about it. And so that was a Enjoyed great primer for the high school football season. When we return on the Wesson Walker Show, Joe Ovius joins us from the Ovius and Gilio podcast on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.